The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 0111911. It is Friday, February 25th, 2022, and we are ready to begin the 4 o'clock hour which means that we are about to spend the hour with our pop music muse, Mr. King Harris, and we are going to be celebrating some really special women and some really talented singers. Why is my heart so light? Why are the stars so bright? Why is the sky so blue since the hour I met you? Flowers are smiling bright, smiling for our delight, smiling so tenderly for the world, you and me. Eternity Love This is my song Here is a song A serenade To you Of course that's the one The only Petula Clark One of uh, many singers We're going to be featuring today As we welcome King Harris Back to the show Happy Friday King you too, Dave, and thanks for having me on the show, and I think you're going to enjoy it because I know you love several of these talented singers we're about to unleash right. to the audience. All women singers, all British, all during the 1960s. The most popular and well-known, Petula Clark and Dusty Springfield, will also hear music from Lulu, Cilla Black, Sandy Shaw, and Marianne Faithful. Now, most of these female vocalists I think you'll remember. Some may escape you. In any event, you'll be reminded that there was more to the English invasion than male rock groups. Pat Clark, in belting out the Charlie Chaplin song, This Is My Song, which we just heard intended for a movie, um, might as well be singing These Are My Songs, representing the other girls in our muse. Uh, Pat Clark certainly has a showbiz experience. She first started singing during World War II as a youngster, helping to boost morale. During this time, she also appeared on radio, TV, and the cinema. Her first recordings included a tune called Put Your Shoes on Lucy, which debuted in 1949. When yeah. you hear this. would she have been on this song, King? Uh, she was about 14 or 15. She was pretty young, but she'd been singing since she was a, a little kid. 
Petula Sally Olin Clark, born in 32, was a European sensation from the end of the war right up to the 60s, where she often performed songs in several different languages. And she had yet to gain any fame across the pond until she met songwriter and arranger Tony Hatch and assisted Clark in her work in France and the U.K., in 64, Hatch presented her with an incomplete song inspired by a recent trip he had to New York City. Clark told him if he could write lyrics as good as the melody, she would record it. And the result was Downtown. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and I think this was my introduction to her. I think this is the first time I came across her music. Oh yeah, she was just fa- absolutely fabulous, and the song just just immediately impacted the charts. Uh, Downtown was a huge number one hit in December of '64, beginning of that year before Clark's revival. Just as the Beatles were making noise in America, Dusty Springfield made the scene with a couple of infectious girl group records, both which charted in the States. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, born in 1939, was a unique singer with a mezzo-soprano sound who could navigate any kind of music you gave her, folk, blue-eyed soul, pop, ballads, country, and jazz. During her peak in the 60s, Springfield ranked among the most successful British female performers on both sides of the Atlantic. In 1962, she recorded the folk tune Silver Threads and Gold Needles with the Springfields, and here's her first solo record two years after that. Boy, that song takes me back. I remember that song coming out. Oh, I do, too. And and girl group records were basically um, prominent in 1963. And this one came out just beginning of... ...included with all the other girl group sounds of the period. But it's one of the best. Her other uh, girl group hit, Stay a While, was also a hit. The sound of Dusty Springfield was as distinguishable as her look... Her image was marked by a peroxide blonde bouffant beehive hairstyle and heavy makeup. And her appearance on stage and on wax made her an icon in the 60s. Want an example of how versatile she was? Well, Dusty Springfield, meet Burt Bacharach and Hal David. Two writers penned a song for Dionne Warwick a year earlier. Bacharach convinced Springfield that 
wishing and hoping could be a great single release for her, and it was. In May of 64, it peaked at number six on Billboard. Dusty Springfield had arrived. All you gotta do is hold him and kiss him and love him and show him that you care. Show him that you care just for him. Do the things he likes to do. Wear your hair just for him. Cause you won't get him thinking at a place. Refresh my memory, King. Didn't Dion Warwick do this song? Because you talk about Hal David and Burt Bacharach. Right. Dionne Warwick is the only female other than Aretha Franklin that was in the charts as much as these women were listening to were, which is really kind of strange. But Dionne had a hit with, or at least it was an album cut, Wishing and Open, and her uh, a year earlier. And it wasn't the single, certainly, that Dusty had, but uh, it was a Burt Bacharach and Hal David song. They were sought after from the English part of the world as songwriters. I mean, they had at least four to six songs just in the amount of uh, material that we're presenting today in today's muse. So um, Bacharach and David were a real big deal to English singers. Yeah. All right, King Harris is here. We're saluting the great British female singers of the 1960s. We'll be back in two minutes with more music and more of the King. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. We're back with King Harris. This is uh, a singer I've admired, but I know very little about her. Of course, this is Lulu. You're right. Lulu, otherwise known as Marie McDonald McLaughlin Lowry. Like Dusty Springfield, she was also diversified in power, very powerful chanteuse, uh, being able to sing pop songs, pop rock songs, Blue-Eyed Soul, and like Petula Clark, got into showbiz early. She was born in 1948, age 14. Her manager, after viewing her on stage, said, all I know is that she's a real Lulu of a kid. And the name stuck, believe it or not. <laughs> and that was her first hit uh, offered during the British invasion, uh, the Isley Brothers classic, Twist and Shout. Our next vocalist is also an actress and author. She wasn't as well-known in the U.S. as she was in England. Priscilla <clears throat> Black, also known as uh, Priscilla Maria Veronica Hoyt. They have a lot of names yeah. for these, these women. Well, these I, women I can't have with all the names. What is this? I, I don't know what that is. But anyway, Silla Black was Veronica White. She was born in 1943. Encouraged by her friends, the Beatles, Black began her singing career in uh, 63 and immediately had two number one hits in England, Anyone Who Had a Heart, written by Bacharach and David, Dave, and You're My World. She got a great kickstart from Beatle John Lennon, who introduced Black to Beatle manager Brian Epstein, 
who then introduced Beatle manager George Martin, who produced the first single called You're My World, came out in uh, April. I you're my world, your every move I make. Other eyes see the stars up in the skies, but for me they shine within your eyes as the trees reach for the sun above. So my I confess I've never heard of this singer or this song. Yeah, she was she was big in England, and a little bit later on in the show, we'll find out uh, what contribution she made in a, kind of a contest between her and the Righteous Brothers. But before we get to that, let's get back to Pat Clark. Speaking of names like Lulu, her stage name Petula or Petula was supposedly invented by her father, who said it was a combination of the names of two of his former girlfriends, Pet. And Ula. <laughs> hmm. Clark was reeling from the international success from downtown. A follow-up was needed, and her manager, Tony Hatch, provided that for her in the form of a song called I Know a Place. The session was produced again by Hatch and featured the Breakaways vocal group. Wouldn't be long before Clark would end up recording in Los Angeles with a wrecking crew session monsters. And here's I Know a Place. Hmm. Just get away where your worries won't find you If you like, well, I'll tell you more Don't let the day get the better of you When the evening comes, there's so much to do You better put on your best and wear a smile Just come along with me a while Cause I tell you Now these are oh, stress. These are not singer songwriters. These are singers performing songs by Bacharach and Other David. Writers. Yeah, okay. right. Yeah, pretty much. They. Uh they just basically were interpreters of other people's uh, songs. But, uh, you know, what a great... Uh, you hear a song like that, and it takes you right back to the Beatle invasion. And I'm not even thinking of Dave Clark Five or the Rolling Stones or whatever. I just hear Pat Clark, and that's all I need. So it wasn't just a, a bunch of uh, male rocking... Uh, quartets or quintets. It was, uh, you know, females like Pat Clark that really made the scene, I think. Another woman who didn't receive much attention here in the States was Sandy Shaw. Uh, like her singing mates Lulu and Dusty Springfield, reached into the musical vault of Burt Bacharach and Hal David to record their composition. There's always something there to remind me. Shaw made it number one in England. Her biggest American hit was a song called Girl Don't Come, released in 1965. Hmm. You want to see her? The time rolls on, those minutes fly by You wanna go, but just to try, guy You wanna see her, you wanna 
How many middle names did she have? Um, all I know is it was Sandy Shaw. Okay. It, was, it was a great uh, question. She needed more she, names. If she had more she names, was, she would have been bigger. I think so. Right. so well, at least she had Backrack and Davinder in her background. Mm. Uh, about the time this came out, Dusty Springfield discovered an Italian song while at the San Remo Festival, moved her to tears, and even though she didn't understand the lyrics. In 1966, Springfield had the musical track laid down, and a while later, English lyrics were added by the manager of the blues group of the Yardbirds, who never did understand the Italian lyrics either. That's okay, they made it up. The song was originally called, I Don't Love You, then You Don't Love Me, then You Don't Have to Love Me, and then You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. Hmm. Uh, It proved to be Dusty's most successful single. When I said I needed you, you said you would It wasn't me who changed but you And now you've gone away Don't you see I think this is her most powerful song. You know, I agree with you, Dave. I'm just listening to it briefly in, on your show. It just it just sparkles, and she really means it. And all these women had great songs to deal with, but Dusty could could almost record anything, and she was very passionate. So a great singer. I've uh, got about a minute before the news break, so I want to hold off of the music until we come back with King Harris. But are these songs that we're talking about, did they chart well? They charted well enough. Uh, most of them were in the 20s. Um, Pet Clark had by far the, the best success. But there's one sleeper in here. It was... It came out in 67 in the fall, sung by Lulu, and I won't, uh, no. I, I won't uh, give up what it is, but it was number one for five weeks in that year, sung by Lulu. And so that's, that's an incredible song. We'll get to that a little later. Yeah, yeah. Were, there, were there British male vocalists? Well, I guess there were well, Tom Jones, Engelbert Humperdinck. Right, right. And they caught on, too. Uh, they didn't come out in 64. They came out in 65. But Tom Jones was a sensation as soon as he hit the scene. He was off and running. Although I can't really say that I admired What's New Pussycat, but that's for a different time and a different station. Yeah, a different segment. There, right, thank you. King Harris, our pop music muse, is here for his regular Friday visit. 
We are off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. And we will talk more about Dusty Springfield and Petula Clark and Marianne Faithful and Lulu. And who knows what else? You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. Happy Friday. Happy Pi Day. visiting with King Harris as we do every Friday afternoon and we look back on the music of the 50s and the 60s. Today we are saluting the great female British singers of the 1960s including Pet Clark and Dusty Springfield and the woman we're listening to now King Marianne Faithful. Marianne Faithful, uh, she's born in 1946, famous for her relationship with the Rolling Stones leading to an intimate friendship with Mick Jagger. She excelled in many singing genres and in the 60s, she was pretty much a major star, the first hit we just heard. And uh, the Stones would record that same song a year later. That was Marianne Faithful. The one song that's a real rocker on my muse list this week, Dave, is performed by Lulu, came right after she did Shout, which we just heard. Failed to have much chart success, but what I like about it is Jimmy Page is playing on it. He's that famous guitar player, and uh, it just makes the song. And this is what he used to do before he came famous, along with Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton, other guitarists. He joined the Yardbirds and went on to Led Zeppelin, but he's playing here in Lulu's song called I'll Come Running Over. Hmm. So that's Jimmy Page on the guitar. That's Jimmy Page right there. He did a lot of session work back in the early 60s before he became famous himself. Anyway, that was Lulu, and she's not over yet. She hired a new producer a little bit later on after that. Um, He worked with the Animals, Herman's Hermes, Nashville Teens, and Donovan. His name was Mickey Most. And for their next single release, they both decided on a tune written by Neil Diamond, which you've heard before, Dave, called The Boat That I Wrote. It was an album cut for Neil, but Lulu released it as a single. It became her first big hit in 1967, reaching number six in England. Both versions are excellent. I don't get what's in, so I guess I... You understand what I'm all about 
Were the, were the musical tastes different between Great Britain and, and the U.S., meaning, King, that if a record hit number one on the British charts, it would likely hit number one on the U.S. charts? No, not at all. Okay. You had records hitting different uh, slots in America and in the U.K., and Australia was also extremely important in this equation. So it really it was just up to whatever the people decided in whatever country they were in, like the uh, Turtles. Uh, they did real well with Happy Together in the United States, but it didn't do half as well as it did in England. Huh. So it, mm-hmm. it just just depends. Okay. Um, Dave, the next song was, I mentioned Scylla Black and You're My World with a, a Lennon-McCartney tune. Anyway, she recorded uh, a version of You Lost That Love and Feeling, which had been recorded by the Righteous Brothers, and she made her version shorter with an abbreviated bridge, so she said people wouldn't get bored. And with a song arranged that way, Black wouldn't have to compete with a wailing please of the oriented duo of... Uh, of you've lost that love and feeling, Bobby Hatfield. Hmm. So b- both versions did well, but here's Scylla's. There's no welcome look in your eyes when I reach for you. Now you started to criticize the things I do. That doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't. I mean, yeah, how you could possibly compete with yeah. the Righteous Brothers? Yeah. But it did, and it made it to number three, and it was uh, Andrew Lou Gogan of the Rolling Stones decided to go to England to promote the Righteous Brothers version, and so they ended up being number one in England. It looked like Scylla Black was going to be number one, but... It didn't turn out that way, and rightfully so, maybe, to some people. Getting back to Pet Clark, she was very famous in the U.S. here from 64 to 67. She was never off the charts. Her only other number one hit, though, was the upbeat My Love, recorded in 65, produced by Tony Hatch, and it was backed by the Wrecking Crew in Los Angeles. And the song was originally titled Life and Soul of the Party, but Hatch, while flying to London to L.A., heard from a fellow passenger that his title for the song might prove meaningless to the American audience, so he wrote lyrics with a title called My Love. And here is My Love. It's very upbeat, very Petula Clark. And as I recall, King Harris, even after she faded from the U.S., she remained a huge star in Europe throughout the 70s and 80s. 
Yeah, well, she recorded many songs in different languages, French, German, Italian. So, uh, And they've known her for years. She was a big European hit for years. So it's no surprise that she was a, um, a star over there. But, uh, you know, she just lights up the room every time I hear a Pat uh, Clark sound. Just lights up the room. She just she makes it happen. So anyway, her next hit was written by the same guy who's been writing all these songs, Tony Hatch. He actually wrote a year earlier a hit for Bobby Rydell called "Forget Him." But anyway, as a follow-up to "My Love," Hatch again picked up his musical pen and wrote the song "I Couldn't Live Without Your Love." A great little infectious ditty with a great backing in chorus. And along with Don't Sleep in the Subway, which we'll hear in a couple of minutes, I Couldn't Live was her t- one of her two favorite songs she especially liked. Very peppy song. Very peppy. It reached number nine in 1966. And she was, as I said, she was just such a visible um, part of the British invasion for at least three or four years. And, uh, you know, you just can't help but like her. I, I, I think Dusty and Petula are really the two strongest female artists I've heard so far. Yeah, I agree. Now, the coming up next is another Dusty Springfield tune. Who'd she go to? Burt Bacharach and Hal David, who again did this uh, for Dionne Warwick. Of course, Dionne Warwick recorded everything she did. But this next song was from the movie, the James Bond film, Casino Royale. And who better to sing this voluptuous, bossa nova-type composition than Dusty Springfield? It was first recorded by uh, saxophonist Stan Getz, and it was intended to be just an instrumental, but Hal David added the words, and it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2008, mm-hmm. The Look of Love. Well, it takes my breath away I can hardly wait to hold you Feel We'll break away for 90 seconds and come back for a final segment with King Harrison. More of the great female British singers of the 1960s. You're listening to Hometown Radio. Let's take a lover's vow and then seal it with a kiss. Daddy will visit, he come along. When they gather around and start talking, that's when Billy would take me a walk in. 
out through the backyard we go walking Then he look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man You see what he was and of course, King Harris, that's the great Dusty Springfield as we're back with you. And the great Dusty Springfield as we're back with you. Here we Thank are. you very much. And, and she did son of a preacher, man. Nobody thought that. Who could, you know, a white gal from England going down to Memphis and singing a soul song? I mean, this song was offered to Aretha Franklin, who, by the way, is a preacher's daughter, and she turned it down because she thought it was disrespectful. Dusty sings this song like she was born in Memphis. I mean, it really is a great ace soul record with the Memphis horns and vocal group of the Sweet Inspirations backing her up. So it's a great album. The last major hit recorded by Pat Clark in the 60s was another Tony Hatch composition. It's called Don't Sleep in the Subway, about a girl advising her prideful boyfriend to cool his jets unless he finds himself sleeping in the subway or in the pouring, pouring rain, just to prove the point. Subway, by the way, in England is not a transit system, but a pedestrian underpass. But Hatch used the term ender anyway. Don't Sleep is pretty adventurous, employing a pop and symphonic feel with a chorus that sounds like the Beach Boys reached number five in America, competing with groups like the Beatles or the Monkees. Don't Sleep in the Subway. You know, this sounds a little bit like it could be, be produced by Phil Spector. A little bit of wall yeah, of sound a, there. A, a lot of his uh, songs could, but she was she was also very adept at uh, changing tone and moods and, and handling things in such a way that you really could identify with it and relate. I mean, so she that would reach number five in, in 67. Now, about the same time, just before that came out, was uh, Lulu appearing again with the number one song in our little hit parade today of British female artists uh, singing songs. Lulu had a hit in 1967, September, called To Sir With Love. Um, and it was a, uh incredible record from the film, to serve with love, starring Sidney Poitier, and even yeah. Lulu herself was in it. She was in it too. All right. Yeah, and it went to number one.
Great song, great movie. Yes, uh, it was a great movie, and uh, it just made the song, I think, even more popular. But when you listen to Lulu sing her first song, Shout, and compare it with this one three years later, that's quite an astounding leap, I think, uh, that she made uh, singing-wise. So, And she's still singing to this day. So she loves doing what her doing, what she's doing. And from uh, Memphis soul to Philadelphia soul, only one person could point out the nuances and the difference between the two. And Dusty Springfield did vocally with a Gamble Huff Jerry Butler tune called Brand New Me, released in 1969 from the LP of the same name. In any case, Dusty could handle it all, though it's been written that she was a little bit hard to handle at times. Um, unfortunately, she died in 1999 at the age of 59, but her voice will live on, or should I say, many voices. And here's Brand New Me from Dusty Springfield. Hmm. Brand new There's no one quite like Dusty Springfield in terms of that voice, King. That, the voice of hers is so unique. It's, it's very unique, and it, it, it goes all over the place. It, it, I remember uh, last week we were uh, doing a thing on folk songs, and she was with the Springfields in 1962 with a hit, uh, Silver uh, Threads and Golden Needles, and she had that passion back then. And she just loved to experiment, which I think is one of the reasons that Dusty might have been a little hard to handle, is because she wanted the best for herself and everybody else surrounding her. But, you know, how can you go from um, a Dionne Warwick-type song to uh, an Aretha Franklin-type song and pull it off? Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. I want to go to one last song. I want to go back to... Marianne Faithful, this is Come and Stay With Me. Let's hear this a little bit. But I'm, uh, you know, when I saw her name on the list that you sent me, I'm thinking, whatever happened to Marianne Faithful? She had those hits in the late '60s, early '70s, and then she seemed to disappear. Yeah, and she did um, basically, and no one really heard from her again. But I think she was still busy. That song, by the way, was written by Laurel Canyon resident Jackie DeShannon. 
Um, so uh, the the British gals that we paraded today in our muse, they went to really good songwriters, and this is why so many of them uh, had great fortune uh, coming over to the states during a time where the Beatles and the invasion and the UK uh, hits were just the rage, and they were managed to break through. I look back in the American side of things, females, and I could find Brenda Lee and Connie Francis early, before the Beatles, and I could find Dionne Warwick and Aretha Franklin <clears throat> taking up the latter part of the 60s, but that's it. Um, nobody like Petula Clark or Dusty Springfield from the American side. Although I say I'm a huge fan of the work of Dionne Warwick with Hal David and Burt Bacharach. They had an amazing run there in the 1960s. Yeah, they did. And it's funny, they didn't always use um, uh, Dionne Warwick. But, uh, I mean, I remember when uh, uh, What the World Needs Now came out with Jackie DeShannon, I was really surprised because I knew it was David Bacharach had written it. I said, what's Jackie DeShannon doing recording this? Isn't this Dionne Warwick? Well, Dionne Warwick did record it, but Jackie came out with a hit. So <clears throat> those things, I don't know how they work, but they seem to. We have a listener texting in on the Stolberg line suggesting that the girl from Ipanema fits in nicely with the songs we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, what's her name? Uh, I forget her name. Gets Gilberto. Um, did that? It came in '64, so he went bossa nova. It was really big. Yeah, she could she could easily fit in with uh, some of the tunes that we've heard here. Yeah, but I think of that more as a jazz number. Well, it's yeah. it's Latin jazz in a way. But gosh, it was. I remember Charlie Bird. No, oh, I love Charlie guitar Bird. Play. Yeah, uh, I, there was a time you'd be impressed, uh, King. I. I probably had five or six Charlie Bird albums. Really? Yep. I was a huge Charlie Bird fan. I can't yeah, what explain got, it. What, what got you on to him? I don't know. I just I had very eclectic musical tastes uh, when I was in high school, and uh, I I whenever a new Charlie Bird album came out, I always bought it. And you can wow. you, you can get some of them on YouTube. You know, I, Alexa. I you know I, tell, I say Alexa, play Charlie Bird and. It just drives her nuts because they, they, she doesn't have them. Uh, so Patula Clark is, is still with us. Lulu is still out there? Yes, so Lulu's we, still out there. The only one I know of that's passed is... Um, Dusty Springfield. Uh, Dusty Springfield. Who has a number of websites worshipping her and saluting her music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she, she's probably my favorite. She's the most eclectic. But uh, Petula, or Petula, Petula. Um, uh, she was just she was just a real pro, you know, she, and she sounds like it. So, but they're all fun to listen to because they all bring that period back with so little effort. Mm. Uh, we have a listener on the Stolberg line suggesting that Marianne Faithful uh, was uh, knocked out by all the drugs and alcohol after hanging out with the Rolling Stones. Well, I'm sure that uh, there have been times when some musicians uh, get a little stressed or whatever. 
But uh, I, I don't know what happens when you hang out with the Rolling Stones. I can just look at them. They're, they're still performing, so what can I say? King Harris, always a pleasure. Appreciate the, the conversation as always, and we'll do it again next Friday. Looking forward to it, Dave. All right, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Off we go. We love those King Harris segments. We've got uh, news and traffic and weather. Dan Chadwell joins us next. It's uh, former TV news anchor day. That's our theme for the day. I'm Dave Congleton. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.